All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. This is Extra Time, a FAWSL talk show. I'm trying to get the name straight. We just changed the name yesterday. But yeah, here we are. It's Extra Time, a FAWSL talk show. We are back with us here. And this is your Manchester City Women Weekly Review uh, for this week. We have Kate back with the Manchester City Official Women's Official Supporters Group. I'm having a tr- having a hard time with all these acronyms, Kate. <laughs> I really I am having a hard time with. I don't blame you. <laughs> it's like say that a hundred times fast, <laughs> um, and so forth. At this hour, we are recording on a Tuesday night, so it is it is after dark. <laughs> for us yeah. <laughs> and so forth it's like it might as well be midnight we've both been up since four o'clock in the morning so welcome back kate it's been a little while um has, we got has. a lot to talk about a lot to celebrate potentially i guess yes. uh, but welcome back to the show thank you uh how, i mean overall how are you yeah like not a lot to complain about right now so fairly happy we okay. have a trophy so yeah and we beat Chelsea, so like, yeah, it's, it's been feeling pretty good. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. Yeah, it's always fun to talk to. It's always fun for me to talk to you know fans who whose team has won a trophy, you know, uh, and get their get their reactions. Even though it's you know a little ways out, we didn't get to talk last week, but but you know we can still you know talk about it, but. Uh, and so forth. But before we get into the, before we get into it, everyone just remember to smash that like and also subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I just I ran some data, Kate. I ran some data on the podcast, and I found out that yep. now on the podcast, most of our listeners are from the United States or Canada now. Interesting. <laughs> So that has changed. Uh, it used to be like half and half U.S. and England. Uh, which made sense, but now it's getting, we're getting so many more North American listeners to the yeah. podcast than we did before. So thank you out there, everyone. I hope you keep listening, uh, keep watching, but if you are listening, smash that five-star review, uh, give a review uh, and so forth. So we're having a little bit of internet difficulties. We're going to try to sort this out real quick here. Just mind everyone here. up straight hold on everyone we're gonna keep on moving all right we should be good all right cool we should be good um so um so we we need to rewind the clock back a little bit we need to go back there's two games for us to review for manchester city both really really important matches for for city for two different reasons the first one obviously is a cup final and anytime you get to go to a cup final have a trophy on the line and face chelsea for that trophy it, it's a big deal obviously uh and so as most of you already know uh, you know, Manchester City was able to get that trophy that they've been looking for, getting that one trophy at least in the cabinet for this particular season after such a really, really, really tough start uh, in facing Chelsea in the Conti Cup final in in uh, in London even and so forth. But before we get into that, Kate, I, I wanted to get your thoughts and feelings 
Um, there's a lot of thoughts and feelings that a lot of people have who are not fans of Chelsea, who are fans of Chelsea about the situation that's happening with Chelsea. You know, I mean, the story is out there. We don't need to re re rehash what's really happening. But what I wanted to get from you is, you know, and I've, I've spoken to Rob and he spoke very, very passionately. And I, I have to give Rob Bradley from the CFCW Social a really big shout out for coming on the show today, really just putting it all out there as far as, you know, what, how he was feeling about the whole situation and so forth. And from a lifelong Chelsea fan that he is and, and seeing what's happening with, with, uh, with the club right now and not being in having the club really not in their own hands uh, at this point, you know, I, a big shout out Rob out there for that. Uh, give you much kudos for, for that. It was very passionate and, and forthright and so forth. So great stuff, but I want to get your thoughts on, on the situation from a, from semi-neutral perspective, you know, <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, you know, and Chelsea's yeah. a rival of the city and, you know, and have been yeah. in the game for a while, but your thoughts on what's happening with Chelsea right now. And, and yeah, like I'm, like I said, I'm, I've only been watching footy for like seriously, probably for like two or three years. So I don't know all the stuff that goes behind this, the scenes on like some of these major clubs, but yeah, like what's going on with Chelsea, like even as a neutral, like it sucks. Like I've seen, actually some city accounts like kind of be poking fun at it and it's just like that's not that's not right like this isn't this mm -hmm. fun situation for anyone to be in right now like who could have mm -hmm. predicted what was going to happen like this like it's just i think it's just it's it's a shame and it sucks for the fans and i don't think like any other fan base should kind of like poking at them and making fun of them right now but maybe that's just me maybe that's just that's not the kind of like fan that i want to be like other than you know the occasional teasing of united but like this isn't the situation to start like being like oh no one's going to show up for chelsea games now and they keep calling us the empty hat and like it's just it's not the time for like that kind of jokes like you got to be a little bit better than that i think so yeah it sucks like it, it just really it's got to be really hard for the chelsea fans and i just i just feel for them mm -hmm. yeah um yeah, it's a really hard situation, and I, and obviously Rob, you know, really painted the really painted the picture when I spoke with him today. And if you want to catch that, you know, catch the Chelsea uh, review show that that uh, came out earlier today. Uh, if you want to hear more about that very impassioned uh, thought process, and you know, from from a Chelsea fan himself, and so and I've heard many of the same thing from other Chelsea fans as well. Um, yeah, it is a sucky situation. And, and the thing of it is, is what, and you make a point of, you know, they're, they're fans of, they're fans of almost every club, honestly, is a rival of Chelsea, who, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, they, they, they rivals of them and so forth. And, and uh, it doesn't matter what, what other team that they're cheering for whatever club they're cheering for but I'm, I'm seeing the same thing that you are as well as you know a small group it's not everybody but a yeah, small group no, of folks sure. being like you know kind of like dancing on the fire and dancing on the on chelsea's grave or something crazy like that and i'm like come on uh, because yeah. you know what the thing that is honestly the way the ownerships are in the in the premier league and the in in, in england and many other you know large countries you know the thing of it is is this the situation happening at Chelsea could happen any team actually, you know, I mean, yeah. given the right circumstances or in this case, the wrong circumstances, right? Yeah. Um, Look at where your money's coming from, right? Like every club is right, money coming in from right. people and it's like all it takes is one bad thing to happen. And yeah, it could happen to any club. So be careful. Yeah, and so, 
yeah, exactly. Be careful about that because, you know, next time it could be, you know, it could be your call for some other reason, which got me to the, the idea that the problem is with me is that is I think that there was, you know, I, as I told Rob, I have three issues with the whole thing with Chelsea. I, I have the whole, I have three issues with, with the UK government doing what they did. I understand in principle and I agree in principle yeah, yes, go after the Russian oligarchs, go after them, you know, hurt them in the pocketbook, hurt them where it hurts. Here's the thing, though. Here's the problem. One problem is this is all done without due process. All right. You know, being from the United States, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's somewhat very, very similar in Canada as well. There's this issue of you can't just be taking people's property away, freezing it, and you can't do anything with it without some level of due process involved. And so there's that piece of it. Also, it's a massive government overreach, the massive government overreach in the sense that, you know, the government's true role really should be in a, in a free society is to protect the individual rights of everyone, you know, and that includes their property as well. The businesses they own, the homes and everything like that, unless they've committed some type of crime that you have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Okay, so yeah, I understand that there's evidence, there's all this evidence out there that Roman Abramovich is connected with Putin and all this other stuff. But again, there has to be due process. You went ahead and did the reverse. You did the punishment before you did the due process. Then also, the problem is, is that you try to punish this dude Roman, but meanwhile you're punching you're punishing a whole bunch of other people at the same time. Yeah, there's another way yeah. to do this. Right. And so yeah. the, this license that Chelsea has to operate and so forth, they can't, you know, they, their travel budget's been slashed. They can't sell tickets uh, outside of stuff that's already been sold. The merchandise about the travel. The, I'll say one thing about yeah, the yeah. travel budget, though, is they have no idea how women's sports work. The fact that they're complaining <laughs> about not being able to take okay. a flight from A to B, like then pay for like. I get it that it sucks. It's a crappy situation. Pay for it yourself. You guys are making so much money. It will not kill you to fly the whole team to like a couple of matches while this gets sorted out. It won't. Right. Understand. <laughs> right. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna have to drive a bus. I'm like, that's how a lot of the women's teams get around. Like, you think that they have to deal with like the chartered stuff? Like, that's just that's like the one sticking point out of all this that I've okay. just been like, Good okay, point. like no. Good point. <laughs> Like, no, I, I don't feel too sorry about that situation, but for yeah. the rest of it, yeah. Understood, understood, um, and so forth. And I, I heard somewhere, though, Kate, that I heard somewhere, I was listening to another podcast, uh, you know, and I heard a sort of rumor that, you know, one of the options that they could consider is just giving away tickets. They just give away tickets to the women's matches yes. at Chelsea and say, mm -hmm. hey, we're not going to sell them, you know, we'll just yeah. give them away. No money, you but like, if come. you want to come, yeah. You yeah, know, that, and it's like that is another you option. know. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, and I, I imagine that it's you know something to be considered, um, and so forth. Well, it's better so. than no fans in there, right? Like, I mean, if you're yeah, you're you got the have no fans, holders, that's it. Yeah, yeah, you're either not going to have any fans in there, or you just have people coming for free. It's like, yeah, right. I don't know. It's yeah. that's a tough one, but yeah, like I hope. Apparently, from what you I understand, that if you get the fans in there, you are they were they are still allowed to do concessions. They can still, you know, they can still feed them and you know sell food and beverages and things like that. It's my understanding from from listening to someone who who's fairly close to the to the to the situation. Um, yeah. who under, you know, kind of understands kind of what the license their license is. But let's jump back to Manchester City. So. 
Now, going into this game, I, I had one major issue with this, and I don't know if you you know you noticed it when you kind of watched this you know the first time or wa- watched the highlights and so forth. But this match was played at Wimbledon, uh, at not the not the famous tennis place, y'all, but no, at AFC yeah. Wimbledon. There, there, they have a club <laughs> at Wimbledon, so they played on that pitch and so forth. And I have a major issue with that, but I think there was wasn't there some controversy though. But, you know, controversy or that kind of Garrett Taylor, our friend, uh, was kind of talking about how this was not this was kind of unfair to play at AFC Wimbledon in London, literally while walking distance from Kings Meadow and yeah, yeah. at Chelsea. And that this was not a true neutral site for for uh, this match, a final to be played at. Um, and so forth. I just, what, what were your thoughts about that? That whole yeah, shebang? like I didn't, I don't know anything about Wimbledon. I didn't know anything about the grounds and where it was located and stuff going into the match. Really, like I didn't really pay attention to any of that, so it wasn't something that like was super concerning to me. But I can see, uh, yeah, I can see that that wouldn't be a neutral ground, and that might be a little bit frustrating for for him. But I mean, in the end, it didn't really matter, anyways. But. In the yeah. end, it didn't matter. But I thought it was a little bit silly yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's not Chelsea's only pitch. Um, no. You know, and Emma Hayes is like, her response was, well, we've never actually ever played on this pitch before. And we've never been here before. We've never played on here before and so forth. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I thought that was kind of silly brinksmanship there, you know, between. It's you know, just harder for point. the fans to travel because I was talking to Rob and right. just kind of pointing out like the distances yeah. and stuff. Cause I'm not familiar with how mm-hmm. far it gets from London to Manchester. Right. But like, right. yeah, like it was obviously closer for them to travel and like for our fans to get there. That seems kind of, that's not the greatest thing to do for a final. Right. No. And I, you know, but the thing of it is though, I mean, did you notice how horrible that pitch was? It's there's been a couple pitches lately in this, but that, that is a cup questionable. Final game. But yeah, that is a cup yeah, final. That's a there's no way on earth a cup final should be played on a no. pitch that bad. No, it I don't know who's scheduling that, but it was disturbing. It was so bad. There's and then there was the, way other know, better options. There was way better right. options. There, yeah, so. way better options. And from you know, and if anyone listened to to the show that that again, speaking back to, to Rob and and the Chelsea review when we reviewed that match from his standpoint, you know, he was actually physically there at the lo- you know, at the site, you know, at the pitch, and you know, he saw for himself. And the, and number one, that the pitch wasn't the whole problem. There was issues with you know, with the concessions. There was issue with organization. Mm. There was, I mean, everything was just a complete dumpster fire. In terms of, and this was supposed to be a cup final yeah, of a major cup tournament. final. That's you know, you don't it was see, really right? bad. Like, which I feel like has been the problem for a while with this WSL. Like you hear, all, like vegan stuff. Like, like some of these places, it's just like they seem like they put a half-ass effort into like hosting these tournaments and advertising these tournaments and doing this. And it's like, well, we're doing something, but it's like you could be doing so much more right like just a little bit more resources like it's just it's frustrating so yeah like we're getting more people and we're getting more of this but there's such a long way to go still mm-hmm. you know i i mean you have to have a cup final at a at an appropriate location i mean yeah and that's just common sense that's just common sense like i don't I, scheduling them but like put put a little bit more like, heart behind it and a little more like just 
thought, right? Just think about what you're doing. Think about what you're scheduling. Think about what this means to both these teams to be at this final. It's a Chelsea versus Man City match. This is a big match, right? Like right, it deserves exactly. a, it deserves lots of people coming to see this game. And so, like, you sh- it should have. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see the argument for it should have a better location, uh, and all sorts of like that. Like this is this was a Chelsea City match for a trophy. Mm-hmm. And it, I, and it, I think really in the conditions, I mean, as, as we were, you know, as we recall, you know, the, I mean, it started torrentially raining in the second half, of, you know, of the match and, and you could really see how that it really you played itself out in terms of how it affected the pitch and how it affected how the ball was moving and things like that. So it made things more difficult. Now, the good thing is, is both teams had to deal with that. But again, you don't want a top final to be potentially decided because the pitch was so bad. They got so waterlogged and there was no drainage and people were just splashing around. That's just unprofessional. And, you know, it's, you know, that's, that was my issue with it. It just became, I mean, the pitch literally became unplayable, you know, by the end. It, it was unplayable. I the pitch, I thought, I thought the pitch at the Spurs game was worse. To be honest, like I was this, watching. Oh that yeah, that online. was bad too. I was, yeah, I was, was watching it online. Too. I'm like, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, what's going on? And I know somebody who went to the game. I'm like, what is? Is the pitch bad? And they're like, yeah, it's the weather's bad. The pitch is terrible. Like, yeah, it's not showing off I... like great on TV, but like they're like, no, it's it's a crap. Like it's just it's so bad. Yeah, and I was gonna get to that too, <laughs> you know, when we got to Tottenham. But, but yeah, you're right, absolutely, that pitch was terrible um, as well. So it's like, oh my gosh, two games in a row was like yeah. terrible. But really I, and then I also watched our kin, the women's under twenty team play. I think they were playing the Dominican Republic to qualify for the World Cup. They played mm-hmm. a match. They won one nil, but like it was puddles. There were puddles on the the pitch like it was like a lake like it looked like they were swimming out there you'd see them kick the ball the ball would go two feet stop on a puddle they couldn't get their crosses in they couldn't get it whatever and then all the tweets after this were like oh what like a crazy game that was fun and it's like it's not fun for the players when you play on crappy pitches like this people are gonna get hurt you mm-hmm. can't play your game as well as you would like to so it's not gonna be as comfortable and it was just it's like, no, we shouldn't be rewarding crappy pitches, waterlogged pitches like this and people being able to tough it out. It's like they, these women deserve to be playing on better pitches. Yeah, I, I just remember that one time that the U.S. and women's team were just refused to play on a pitch because it was bad. They just, just refused like, to play. They were just like, nah, this is too dangerous. We get too injured on this. It was like an artificial surface or something like that. But that's a whole different story. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's really ridiculous. And and these are, you know, these are supposedly professionals, you know, um, you know, and, you know, Tottenham, you know, when we get to, we'll, we'll speak about Tottenham later, but I was like, you know, I what bothers me is these these big, huge clubs that are huge. I mean, Tottenham's huge, Arsenal's huge. You know, for example, just two of them, and they don't even have the, their women's teams don't even have their own pitches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they don't. I mean, they don't. They have to go to some other club's pitch to play. You know, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that was that was when I started watching this league. I'm like. I, I get the logistics of not playing at the men's stadiums and stuff like that, like all the time. Like it's hard, but there's like been certain occasions. It's like, why wouldn't you throw them in the men's stadium if the men are are in national break and stuff like that too, right? Like it's just, I I don't I don't understand who's behind some of these choices. 
on right. some of the stuff that they're, these women are playing on. Like it just, it's a little bit mind boggling. And, and you would hope like there'd be people in these positions that are pushing for stuff like this rather than them thinking, Oh, two weeks later, like, Oh, I guess we could have done something like that. Or maybe next year we'll do something like that. These people that are in charge of scheduling and stuff like that need to have this stuff figured out in advance. And if they can figure out the men's games in advance, there's no reason they can't try to figure out how to schedule right. the women. I mean, there's less games. Pitches. There's less games to contend with. So, um, well, that's and, the thing too, right? Right. Absolutely. So. All right. Let's jump back to this final before we, we just yes. get derailed and talk about, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out the, you know, resolve the issue of, of bad pitches. But this this particular cup final was just egregiously bad um, and so forth. And it just was not an appropriate setting. And I don't, you know, um, you know, that the season before, if I remember correctly, was at Vicarage Road, which was, you know, which is a Premier League site, you know, and so it was fine. There was no problem there. Um, and I think the year before that, if I remember correctly, it was at another, you know, Premier League location uh, and so forth. So, but they picked Wimbledon this time. It was, it was a disaster. But let's talk about another potential disaster, which was the lineup that was picked. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I could hear you. All the way up in Canada. <laughs> From Canada, yeah. yeah. The lineup came out for the final, and we had, you know, we we had the we had, of course, we had Ellie Robuck in the in the in goal. Great. You had the back line of, of Stokes, Greenwood, Kennedy, and Lucy Bronze. Midfield Fine. of Caroline Weir. Um, yes. you know, Caroline Weir, Stanway, and, and Kira Walsh, and yeah. uh, and then also the front line of uh, Lauren Hemp. Ellen White and Rasso. Now, um, so how bad was it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> like the midfield, I like. I've always liked that combo for years. Like the Stanway Weir Walsh combo has been solid mm-hmm. for us defensively. Yeah, I, I have no qualms about that. That's as good as it's going to get for us at the moment. Like that's no problem. Ellie Roebuck and Net, like that's been huge for us. I think. And a reason why we've been on the role we've been on lately. But then, yeah, like just the insistence on playing Ellen White and not Bunny Shaw is driving me up the wall. Like, and I know, and she scored and it's great. And I, I loved seeing like that emotion. Like I loved, mm-hmm. I love seeing Ellen just like, just the two fists kind of just like, you know, you know, she wants to be scoring. Like you, mm-hmm. you know it. She's she's that kind of striker, right? Like she's just right. She poaches them and stuff like that. But it just yeah, like it hasn't. Bunny's been the more clinical. So I was I was hoping that like he would play Bunny more, and he just even in the next game too against Spurs, it's just like she sat on the bench the whole time. I just mm-hmm. I don't understand his rotation at all right at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I, I I think for better or worse, Kate. I think better for worse. He's decided what he has decided what his starting eleven is going to be, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much clear that that there's he know he's decided this is the eleven, you know, and that Bunny is going to be Bunny Shaw is going to be on the bench. Um, yeah. you know, she's really not going to start unless you absolutely have to, um, and so forth, and and um. You know, and then, I mean, I think there was a lot of consternation around, like, you know, like, yeah, but this is a final and Ellen White, you know, and so forth. But, you know, but I, stuff, yeah, you know, it's, you know, there, there's something to be said for that. I mean, I, I you know, and so forth. 
Um, but that was, you know, that was the lineup and they were facing a lot, you know, the a lineup, a fairly strong lineup. However, you know, they were missing Fran Kirby, which was a big miss for them. Yeah. Um, and missing, actually missing some other, some other players were not available, but Kirby was one of them. Um, I think they had another couple of two starters that also were not available. So as a result, they had to start, you know, Kerr, Harder, Gerriton, G, Sophie Ingold, Nim Charles, um, in the midfield, Anderson, Nolan, and Millie Bright, and uh, Carter in the back line, and AKB in the in the goal. You know, still a very strong lineup for for Chelsea, but not their best lineup. No. Um, anytime no. you don't have Kirby on the pitch, is you don't have your best lineup. If you're you Chelsea. don't have Kirby, you don't have Erickson, you don't have right. Cuthbert, and you don't have Jesse Fleming. Those yeah. when I saw the lineup and yeah, I saw Jesse Fleming was out, I'm like, that's Chelsea's midfield has been so good for them. So when you see names that are out like, yeah, like like Fleming and stuff, and she's been she's been phenomenal. Second yeah. I saw like yeah. that, Cuthbert, yeah, like a couple other big names missing. I'm like, this just got a lot more interesting. This yeah, just I mean, got this just got a lot more closer, like a lot closer than it could have been. Yeah. yeah, because it thins out that I mean it thin it thinned out Chelsea's ability to just throw out another set of like world class you know, players, yeah. you know, to replace people that were, you know, either tired or, 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 you know, because it's always very enviable when you can just like bench, you know, Kirby and Kerr and, and harder for like 60 minutes and just throw them out there in the second, you know, somewhere in the midway, the second half. And we've seen El Mahes do that a couple of times and so forth, but have, you know, Fleming missing, it was huge. And to me having like your midfielders, their midfielders, you know, not available was just really difficult for them to, to manage. And then yeah. being really thin in the midfield, because in, in a game like this, a combination of Ingle and G doesn't really work. Uh, as well g kind of you know as rob said at best you know g kind of slows things down for chelsea and doesn't really you know that's just that's how she plays she's not she's not going to be someone who's going to be as forward um and so forth so, so rather have someone like cutbert in in that role um at the same time so a lot there so you know but still obviously chelsea being as deep as they are is a really strong lineup um, you know, and Chelsea started off their typical, you know, their typical style. And, and, you know, I keep telling everybody the way to deal with Chelsea is this survive the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Just, I mean, cause you're going to get an Fair onslaught. Enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get the Chelsea onslaught now, you know, for 20 minutes, they're going to be very forward. They're going to be very direct. They're going to try to get that first goal and they're going to go blood shark and water deal and try to just pound you from there, you know, and just get a bunch of goals and end the game you know, at halftime, but if you make it through the first 20 minutes and you hold it together and you stay resolute and you start frustrating them a little bit, then things kind of start evening out and you settle into the match. They settle it down. They don't go as fast anymore, as hard anymore, as far as being forward. And then the match kind of settles and it's exactly kind of what happened, uh, you know, um, and so forth. However, <laughs> you know, um, the first goal, Sam Kerr yeah. has an amazing like turnaround. Um, yeah. Not sure exactly what happened there, but it looked like what happened was, you know, ball gets floated in, you know, I think robot kind of either misplays it, misreads what happens and bounces the ball up. 
and it yeah. just lands where Kirk and just, you don't want uh, to land. Yeah, you know it's like oh, this is yeah. Um, yeah, Sam Kerr is never ever going to miss shots like that. Um, no, no matter what the critics say about Sam Kerr, which is she has her critics uh, saying that she's not clinical enough and and so forth, but that's rubbish uh, when you look Absolutely. at it statistically aggregate, in aggregate. Uh, but she's not going to miss that, and it was just a nice just turn mm-hmm. like that, you know, to you know punch it in the net. It's one nothing now. What were your thoughts when it went one nil? <laughs> well, the way the goal went, I was just like, "Oh no, here we go!" Like because again, it was like a defensive slash goalkeeping error, which is like you know, Ellie's just getting back to fitness, like just getting back to playing again. So it's like I'm not faulting her for for that. Like I'm not mm-hmm. faulting her. Like it could, yeah, she could have done better, a bit better there, but like she's still kind of working her way back from injury and stuff like that. So being that's kind of like the goals we've given up in the past. So it was, I was a little like worried about how the second half was going to go after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know what's going on in the locker rooms, but <laughs> they're getting, they're getting some heck of team talks at halftime. Yeah. They, apparently they are because it seems, this seems to be a big pattern for them at this point where, you know, they just kind of like, they don't do really well in the first half and then somehow something happens. Somebody says something, <laughs> does something. And, you know, um, and then all of a sudden they come out and it's a different story. Um, yeah. You know, I know that Chelsea fans, you know, in, in, in hearing from Chelsea fans, they felt very comfortable. They felt very yeah. comfortable up 1-0 at half. They were like, well, They beat okay. us 1-0 last time, right? So, yeah. and then they beat us like 3-0. So it's like, yeah, like they, tend, City tends to have a hard time coming back, especially against Chelsea. Like, especially against the top team. Like, it's it's hard to come back when they've got that one goal lead like it it feels like Chelsea could have just put another one in and then you know hosted right like that's kind of how things have gone in the past so I can see how Chelsea fans were kind of like okay I think we're you know well for us in the first half just another 45 minutes right yeah another 45 minutes and you know somebody's going to get a goal and another goal for us and you know we'll just cruise on from there but that's not what happened obviously it's not what happened it's not at all so (laughs) Describe to me the second half. I think Chelsea just fell apart. Honestly, like they looked tired and City just looked hungrier. They they were pressing. They were just taking advantage. I don't think Berger had a good second half. I don't think Mm -hmm. she made like a couple of those goals that went in. It's like she usually puts on a worldly performance against us. And not to say she was like terrible, but like some of those, some of those, like Caroline Weir's first goal, like you see Berger get like a leg or something to it. You're like, mm, you usually like that's something she's saving, right? So I don't think she had a terrific second half for them, but to be mm-hmm. came out firing and they just showed how much they wanted that. Yeah, I found an int- what I found interesting leading up that first goal, obviously. Um, and um, I think it was Neem Charles, I believe, was, you know, De- Demi Stokes, you know, bowled, bowled over Neem Charles and she hit the, you know, basically hit the board, uh, you know, on the off off the pitch and so forth and was, you know, injured and appeared to possibly be a head injury of some type uh, and so forth. And But for a while, as a result, I think Chelsea were a little bit stunned 
at that point. And also they were down to 10 for a moment um, and so forth. And, and I think in some ways, I think city kind of took a little bit of advantage of that, which is fair play. I'm not saying that they didn't do anything that wasn't fair play yeah. here, but my point is, is that I think they, you know, I think that Chelsea were a little bit disorganized at that moment. Um, and I think that was the beginning of them falling apart because they were, just, yeah. they just, they weren't really ready to play. Um, you know, right after when play resumed. Um, and I think that led to eventually then led to, you know, spaces opening up and so forth. You're down one player. Um, you're a bit concerned about your, your teammate who possibly has got a head yeah. injury. He's kind of wobbling and so forth, not making it back onto the pitch again. Um, and, you know, so, um, but that, that turned the entire match there. I think, you know, that happening and that led to the weird goal. Um, to start with, and that I think just changed the dynamic, um, you know, of the match um, for it. And at that point, I would agree. I mean, it's like, I think Chelsea, I think you're right. I think Chelsea was quite tired. And then I think it was City at this rate, they saw the opportunity. They saw the blood in the water and they said, oh, we got them now. They're leggy, they're tired, they're opening up space. They're not following through. They're not, you know, they're not, the pace isn't there mentally. I don't know if they had, I don't know if they had checked out just yet, but physically they seem like it, it just wasn't there for them at that point. And city was just played, played beautifully at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was, was kind of going for them really well. Stanway was playing really well. Like they're, they're kind of going up. like they were just yeah there's a it was just it was it's fun to watch as a city fan like it was great to watch as a city yeah, fan. Oh yeah. it's like this is what like we've been waiting for right like this is mm-hmm. this is the kind of city like we know that can play like this and and we've known that can play like this for a long time right like almost everybody a majority of these players that were on the pitch are players we've had almost all season it, the only difference was like we didn't have like Roebuck commanding the back line a little bit more. And I think right. that's just kind of been killing us, like not having that that goaltender that has that confidence back there a little bit. So, but like now you're seeing you're seeing everybody starting to click. You're seeing like this is the city, like that's why it's been so frustrating. This season's been so frustrating. I think because this is what we do we play, right? We right. like losing three nil, losing three nil to our, to Chelsea and five nil, five nil. Losing five nil to Arsenal, like that's not that's not the way I'm going about things. Even with like who we had on our team, we had a we had a team better than that. We had, we absolutely had a team better than that, not to lose by that much. So to see them, yeah, to see them hit their stride right now, it's just been. But it's even then, like even the Tottenham game wasn't that great. So it's just like they hit their stride and then they kind of falter a little bit. But I think that's again coming down to rotation. Mm-hmm. Like okay. not resting, not resting players because City looks strong against Chelsea. We look tired against Spurs. And Spurs is a team that's going to make you tired. They are defensively they're gonna solid. They're going to make you yeah. tired. They're going to. They will make you work for you a out. goal. They'll make you work right. for a goal. And when you're tired already, like that, just becomes a big mountain to climb. Certainly, we'll get the we'll get to the Tottenham in a minute. In, in a minute. So Ellen White does get that goal that you mentioned earlier. She, you know, yeah, in a, right you place. Know, 
um, you know, and so forth. And it was clear. I mean, it was a poacher's goal. That's exactly yeah. what she does. Um, yeah. You know, and that, I mean, obviously it meant a, an incredible lot as we mentioned earlier, but also it puts, you know, city ahead. And at that point I felt like city was going to win this match. It was like, I was like, yeah. even at two, one, I, I was like, they're going to win this. They're going to win the, win this trophy. I'm not sure a yeah. lot of people expected them to win. And you je- people definitely did not expect them to win a trophy two months ago. Um, you know, when yeah. everything was just, you know, a complete dumpster fire rolling down a flood, bloody street, um, you know, in, <laughs> yeah. you know, somewhere in Pennsylvania, um, you know, which does happen by the way. Um, yeah. But, you know, but by the time Caroline, we're, you know, you know, uh, oh, just, my goodness, what a player. Can we just spend the next five minutes talking about Caroline Weir and appreciation post or appreciation chat about how amazing she is? That's three goals. And like, she's just scoring so many goals for us and she's saving our butts from all these big teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like she's yeah. just incredible. And we haven't signed her yet to a contract extension, which is starting to worry me. I, yeah, it, I it should worry you. It should worry you, Kate. <laughs> well, because any Brin well, he brought Lasada and Engeldahl in and stuff like that, which is making me think that we are investing our way out. That's that's kind of where I'm I'm going. Like I think we are in Beckier out, and and same mm-hmm. with like um, Julie. Like he brought in, he's bringing these these people, and it's just like there's certain players I really want contract extensions for, especially Caroline Weir, and it's just like you wouldn't sign that many midfielders. I feel like if if someone hadn't signed an extension by now like it's it's just starting it worrying but it's like or you're doubling pay her hedging, pay her pay her all the money i don't care keep her in manchester keep her yeah. this manchester I mean, Carolyn. yeah this manchester. Like, not, not the not, other not manchester, the other manchester. Oh, they'll take her the only, they'll take her the, over there that's the only way united's gonna stop her from scoring at right some. Hey, Manchester United has pulled stunts like that before where they just take the player that, you know, was hurting them over from Liverpool, from United, from City. Um, they're not above that. <laughs> they're not above that at all. Um, so forth. But yeah, Caroline Weir is amazing. She was amazing in this game. She's been amazing for the last two months. But, you know, um, you know, and we've talked about, you know, uh, you know, giving if, if she's what, you know, she's a great, great she's been awesome in the sense that you give her an opportunity, come off the bench, start, don't matter. She's going to play brilliantly anyways, you know, um, and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, hope for city fans sake that, you know, that she's six, you know, that she uh, signs on that contract and sticks around a little bit and so forth. Um, Very late. uh, Bunny Shaw actually does make it onto the pitch. Very late, Ooh, though. Like uh, at the at the 88th minute, <laughs> oh. uh, with with Blackstad uh, coming in in the 82nd and Bunny Shaw in the 88th, um, Unreal. and so Unreal. forth. I'm like, okay, you know, uh, but we, I mean, we just clearly know where you know what the lineup is going to be. We clearly know what the 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 starting eleven is really going to be. But the problem is, is that you know, a week later, it's basically it's exactly basically the lineup is exactly the same. Yeah. And I'm wondering you know, if he's they, keeping I'm wondering if he's keeping Ellen up there for the captaincy role. But it's like that could mm-hmm. easily slot to Lucy Bronze. Yeah. I mean that could easily slot to Lucy Bronze. She no, I don't think it's captain. The, so I don't know why. Yeah. And and then yeah, like she starts she plays almost a full ninety here. And then right. if, like she plays another almost a full like she plays a whole ninety. It's like I don't understand how you didn't sub your forward 
at all when you guys are struggling to score. Like, change something up front, right? Like, I, but I don't know. I don't know. But the, the, you know the big question I have here is, and, I've, and I already know you already know what's coming uh, when I ask this question: Does winning a trophy change Garrett Taylor's narrative? It, the discourse that's going online right now is lots of people hate him, lots of people want him to stay. So there you, you're, it's in people are in two camps right now. They're mm-hmm. like, well, trophy, so therefore, like he won two trophies. Since he's been here, that's a lot of trophies. He should keep going. And a lot of people are like, we're struggling to get into a third-place Champion League spot. We were knocked out very quickly in the Champions League this year. We've lost this competition. We've lost that competition. And, yeah, now we're counting on other teams to drop points for us to this slot into a third place. So it's like you can see arguments for both sides, I think. Like, yeah, I've, I've kind of made my, my opinions clear on, like, where I stand about him. Like, I'm not a big fan, but i try not to waste too much more energy on that because I'll just – it's just at this point, right? It's just – that's that's my opinion. I don't like the guy for other reasons than just managerial ones. Like, yeah, he mm-hmm. won trophies, but that doesn't make him a good – Yeah. There's, there's certain things done. It's just like, mm, I don't – like agree with how you said that or stuff like that but yeah it is what it is so just got to keep believing in the team and you know hoping the players are you know having a good time and um yeah just just thinking about the players right and just kind of ignoring everything else going around and, and finding reasons to just yeah just keep supporting them right mm-hmm yeah um you know but i you know it's you know it's really the 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 optics are such that you know um sometimes the answer is the one that's right in front of you and so you know it is very very easy to say that you know a lot of what city struggles in early in the season were just a mass amount of injuries and that's what one yeah. camp says. The other camp says, well, wait a minute. You still have a world-class lineup, and why the hell are you losing 5-0 to Arsenal? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Arsenal's a good, very good team, but you shouldn't freaking lose to 5-0 to Arsenal. What the hell's wrong yeah. with you? Um, there were obvious points. And another, yeah. yeah. Then there's, like, Go other ahead. things about that that have been, like, should maybe should have signed a better keeper or another keeper, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you knew – Ellie Roebuck wasn't going to start the season. You knew Karen Bernsley wasn't going to start, like, looking for keepers in the transfer windows. And we don't know what happened, right? Like, he could have looked, and it was hard. To, it might have been hard for them to find someone, especially if, like, Ellie's going to be our number one. It's hard to sign somebody that's just going to stick around for a couple months until she heals, and then they're going to ride the bench. Like, I get that, right? But it still feels like there's been some kind of a little bit of, like, not the best – transfers and stuff like that that's been done deals right so yeah yeah i don't think i mean city is one of the two one of the two or three teams in the league that did not do well in the transfer windows um at all in my opinion you know everybody else either stand pat with what they got or improved you know uh the league has significantly improved um but manchester city didn't didn't help 
the, you know, the fact that yeah. they didn't sign the right people, in my opinion, city didn't sign mm-hmm. the right people in the right places. And that yeah. caught up with them because, you know, you, you know, sure enough, you know, Murphy's law happened to them and they got hit right in the places they were weakest with personnel. Biggest, the biggest mistake I think we've made was Abby Dahlkemper. Biggest mistake. She was good. She didn't commit to the three years that she signed. And I get it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Sam left, Rose left. Like, that's hard for her to stay here by herself. For right. sure. But it's just like, you shouldn't have signed a three-year deal then. Like, mm-hmm. at, so losing her as a CB, like, that that hurt like crazy. Because if Del Kemper had been here this season, even with all our injuries, I don't think we would have had a rough of a start in season two. So, that was just like, that was not a good decision to sign yep. her, unfortunately. But, but I tell you, there's one player that I think has benefited, um, you know, from all these injuries um, and benefited from the opportunity over a long period of time, which was one of the one of the people that did come in, which was Alana Kennedy. Now, Alana Kennedy had a horrific start of the season. Yeah. Um and but now and maybe part of it's having ellie back in a goal maybe um could be placed into it but she has dramatically improved over the last you know two months um yeah like i I still see like i still see like little mistakes being made with her but like it's it's fine because you got lucy bronze or alex greenwood or you've got like demi like you've got demi you've got like an experienced backline and now an experienced keeper that kind of helps you with that. But when you were doing like ragtag, makeshift, mm-hmm. Joel Scott, people who haven't played back there and stuff like that, along with like a new, like someone who's trying to get used to it. Yeah. Like there's going to be mistakes that happen and you can't recover as well because right. you can't count on your goalie to kind of back you up as well and stuff like that. So now I think that she's surrounded by the right people and it's bringing out the best in her. So let's jump to let's jump to Tottenham. Let's talk about another field that was tor- horrifically bad. Um, it was really bad, and you know, and unfortunately, um, I, 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 you know, Spurs fans think I hate them. Spurs fans, I feel like I hate Spurs. I don't hate Spurs. I don't hate Tottenham. I really don't. I promise you, I don't have a thing against Tottenham at all. I'm actually admiring what Tottenham has done. They've taken what they got and used it very, very well. Their manager's done an excellent job. The season has been great for them. The season, you know, Rand Skinner has done a wonderful job with that team. Um, I mean, a team that was facing relegation potentially last season um, is now looking to is still in in line, possibly is competing for third, um, you know, in the the, in the league. I mean, I mean, that's dramatic. And and yeah, they are resolute. They're tough. They're they're hard to break down. They're very well organized. They're very disciplined at times they get a little physical, you know, and some people like that. Some people don't. Um, I think sometimes they do take advantage of poor officiating. Um, to be honest, you know, I think they do take advantage what of. What team hasn't though at this point? No, no, like, but my point this, this, there is this, no, pretty much every team has, but my yeah. point with, with Tottenham, I watched this play out in this game with city. They, they, what they saw was, was how many no calls they were going to get on physical play 
and they will match it. They will be like, they'll, they want it. They'll take it right to the line and they'll figure out what they can get away with. And you saw that play out in this match and you've seen it play out in every single Tottenham match this season is how they play that out. They figure out what's going to get called and what's not going to get called because they're going to play physical and they're going to frustrate you. Now to, you know, now to Manchester city's credit, I didn't see them get too frustrated, but what did you see out of the squad? You know I mean? They're coming off this cup win, but it's been a week you know, basically the same the, the same lineup goes out there. The same lineup. So I saw tired okay. legs. Tired. I saw tired okay. legs. It was not a great match. Mm. Honestly, it was a slugfest. And I wouldn't have been surprised if it ended 0-0 the way things were going. Everyone's like, oh, we got one goal. I'm like, it was, the first half was terrible to watch. Lately, a lot of the first half has been terrible to watch. But you could tell, like, the, it, the players were just tired. From playing Chelsea, they just played like a team that's fighting for like first position, and they come here and you don't make any changes to your lineup to rotate to get some tired. Like I get this was an important game to win, I do. So I'm mm-hmm. get that's like the reasoning for putting the exact same lineup up, but like like no changes at like it just it boggles my mind. And you saw that like some players got subbed out because you know they were. There was a little bit of niggles, or there was a little bit of like I think I think Demi Stokes had to go out, um, but it was just like they're tired, like they needed rest, and you didn't rest them, and that's frustrating, and it turns into a frustrating game because they're not playing at their best. Yeah, I, what I saw, and you know, just speaking about the pitch, then was uh, what I saw about twenty minutes of Manchester City players having difficulty with their with their footing. Slipping. You know, I saw a lot of people. In the I mean, the I mean, boots. I saw Ellie Roebuck slip. I saw, she was you know, she was checking her boots. Like Scanway there was a couple was, players was, had struggled with with the feet with her yep. her footing. Um, That's why I questioned it. Know. That's why I was like, "What is going on with this pitch?" Because I've seen like tons of in our players, mostly our players that were slipping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I was yeah. like, "What? What?" Talk is about happening? home pitch advantage. I didn't see. <sighs> I didn't see Spurs players having any difficulty no. with the field. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. Yeah. It's their pitch, you know. But I, you know, it's like, like man, this enough. is weird, you know. But I mean, people are slipping. People are checking their cleats. Like, look, I'm not getting any. I'm not getting any traction here. I'm not, you yeah. know, what's going on. I'm not, you know, it's not happening. That's what I saw. But the first half was ugly. I mean, it was just so bad. That it's was. Been I mean, bad. the first half performances have been a problem. But it was bad for both teams too. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, was bad yeah. This both. this game, it wasn't just us. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just like, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like, uh, there was, I mean, there were, there were two shots on target in the first half. One for Tottenham, one for for City. That's why it's going to be one of, it's going to be one of those games where the sentence like zero, zero. I totally, I was convinced that this game was just going to end tied. The way yeah, I mean, it, it just turned time. into a war. It, it turned into an, just a battle of attrition, you know. Um, you know, basically throughout this was not. If you love, if you love offensive football, you would hate this match because that was non-existent. Passing accuracy for Manchester City in this match usually they're in the upper eighty percent range. It was seventy-nine percent. Yeah, you know, they had sixty-two percent possession, but that really doesn't matter. But what does matter is they had seventy-nine percent passing accuracy. Um, you know, they only, they had three shots on target to one, 
Uh, the XG that City had in this match was 1.1 to 0 0.1. Um, so, you know, credit to the defense of not giving them any opportunity um, and so forth. But it just, it was, it just was a grind. It was a grind to watch. It was difficult. Um, it was, it yeah, was tiring. It was... Um yeah. But that's what that. But the thing is, that's what Tottenham likes to play. Tottenham. Yep. That, this is how they win their matches. You know, yep. is to just grind these things out and try to get a result. And that's and they've been able to pretty much get away with it. And they came. Um, they came close. And yeah. they came very close. Like, if it, so. Yeah. So talk about the lead up. So Caroline Weir steps forward yet again, gets the goal. Talk about how she got that goal because that was all. We need like to talk. We need to talk. Everyone's been giving her a lot of crap lately, but that lead up to that goal was like classic. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Talk to us about the lead up to that goal, though. She goes for a run up the pitch, which is what I love seeing her do. She megs. She megs. She's the poor Tottenham defender. She just sits her completely. No, yeah. gives a pass to, to Rasso on the wing, puts it in, and then there's like chaos in the box and then uh caroline Weir just gets her foot on it and's like nope puts it but puts it in the net but like i i've missed those lucy bronze runs and she's been again she's she's still recovering from injury and stuff like that but like that glimpse right there like that's yeah. why she's so good that's why she's a phenomenal uh defender like she she's just when she makes those runs it's just it's un, it's incredible yeah, I mean, yeah, it was nice to see. Um, hadn't seen that in a while. Had not seen that in a while from her. Did, but then, I mean, she just toasted some people along the way um, and so forth. It was like, all right, forget <laughs> it. I'm just going to take matters into my own hands um, and just I'm going to I'm going to push this ball forward um, and yeah. so forth. So, yeah, that was. And that I was thought Haley Rasso had. Um, I personally thought Haley Rasso was the player of the match. I thought she had a great game. And I've been really enjoying watching her play lately. Like the way she's so quick, but she's also such a physical player. Like she won't, mm -hmm. like sometimes you get players that are like fast, but they're a little bit afraid of challenging and getting into the physical battles with people. But Rasso will just like give it right back to you. Like you, you, you like so much as like touch her. Like all of a sudden you're on the ground. Like she's just, she's great like that. She's, she's just such a physical and quick player that it's just, I just really, really enjoy watching her. Yeah, and yeah, she definitely is an un, you know, one of those unsung heroes. He doesn't necessarily come up in the stat sheet, but you know, just the the fight and the spirit and the energy, the work rate, all those types of things. Yeah, she's a lot of fun to watch. You know, just you know, doing just her doing her thing, and and that was well, and uh, because I mean, you look at her stats for this match, or they're not they're not eye popping, but the stuff that she did that don't doesn't go into the stat book. You know, yep. the energy and the work rate and just, you know, being that being a presence um, and just be, being very difficult to uh, to really, you know, to manage, so to speak. Um, yeah, that was, you know, that was uh, pretty strong. And I think Georgia Sanway had a pretty decent match as well, you know, and, um, you know, all around for her. She had, a, you know, had a really good match. She had seven tackles plus interceptions in the match. She had 11 successful pressures. Um, oddly enough, the person that had the most successful pressures in this match was Ellen White. You know, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. figure. You to know, be fair, figure. she attempted, no, was it? 
No, sorry. I think it's a Chelsea game where she attempted that audacious like, <laughs> yeah, like volley so. like that. And if that had yeah. gone in, like I wouldn't have given her crap for the rent. Like that was beautiful. Like I appreciate that effort like that. Like that, that's like, oh wow. Like you came close. Like that was that's fair play to that one. But like there's a difference between trying something like that and then just like missing point blank or guying stuff over the net, right? Like if you're making those kinds of attempts and like on them, like fair play to yeah, fair play. <laughs> fair play, definitely. You know, um, Caroline, we had two two uh, successful dribble, you know, tackles on what? I'm sorry, I'm not even reading this right. Yeah, so Stanway had four one tackles in the match as well. So just all around. I mean, that's what I like about Georgia Stanway. She does everything. She's a center back. She does everything. Now that she's, now that she's playing in her proper position, you're getting the best. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Right, right. Like, we all knew she's a good player, but like, Right, right back was terrible like she was just like she could play it but like it just it it wasn't her natural position so seeing her move make that shift for more forward you're like oh wow like this is what's getting the best out of her it's like she could that was good for a little bit but like this is where she's really thriving yeah so in the 87th minute la roebuck is is subbed out um yeah. for kira keating uh for what appeared to be like a head injury uh, yeah. it, it seemed to me on TV that it was a head injury. You find out later that it was more of a shoulder issue yeah. um, and so forth. So um, is there any indication that Robux is going to be out um, or, or what? I've been, hearing know anything? In, I've been hearing she's in contention for Reading tomorrow. So, okay. so yeah, I, which surprised me because I thought, I thought it was a head injury. And the second I saw her go down like that, I was like, take her out. To, if it's a head injury, yeah, even if it's your out. number one yeah. keeper, like there's yeah. no like don't I'm, t- I'm tired of people messing around with head injuries. Like I don't care. Like if you're gonna lose this game and it could cost you the season, I don't care. Like that's just just player safety has to come first, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, there yeah, there's just there are things that are more important, um, and so forth. So yeah, um, when you're up one nil, you know, in the 87th minute against Tottenham, you know, on a yeah. horrible pitch, um, you know, it's not worth just staying in there. Um, no. You know, nothing, nothing's worth that. So let's take a look at what the board looks like at this point. Um, hopefully I got it. Yeah. All right. So this is what the, what the table looks like now um, and so forth. So, so obviously we know who the top who the top two are. We got Arsenal and Chelsea, um, you know, at the top. Let's get that away there, you know. And those are those are the top three as it stands right now. Tottenham sits at twenty eight points. They lost, so they didn't get any points out of that. And City getting the three points, you know, puts them you know two from Tottenham and five from United with a game in hand on both, uh, and so forth. So that is a pretty good yeah. position to be in it's not bad you know we got a game in hand but still you know the problem is is if united starts winning out and city stumbles anywhere they've been winning united's had a good yeah yeah, united's had a good run they've had good form so we're this is this is what i'm frustrated with because yeah yeah, even if we could win all the rest of our games but like we need tottenham and we need united to start dropping points Right. Like we're and counting that's on not a good, you know, especially United, right. like, and it's not a com- it's not a comfortable feeling. 
No, it's really? it, it can't be a comfortable feeling when a team is has the points already on the board mm. and also is in a good run of form and mm. has teams, all beatable teams, to play against for the remainder of the season up until the last match, which is for them is Chelsea, yeah. um, which could be interesting um, for both teams when they mm-hmm. get to that level, uh, depending on how things roll. But so it's a very uncomfortable position where you need to win out. You need to win as many, get as many wins as possible and hope that um, United and Tottenham both, you know, continue to, you know, drop points. And so far United's not dropping points. Um, so it gets really interesting, but with Reading coming up, you know, Reading is sitting in seventh, um, and Reading is, Reading is a hard team and I'm going <laughs> to pardon the fun, but they're a hard team to read. Um, they, are. they, they start the season horrifically bad, um, you know, with one goal, um, in five matches. And then they go on a run where they win, like they get results seven out of eight games in the league. Not to play the Can- not to not to play the Canadian card here, but I'm gonna play oh. the Canadian card here. Oh, here we go. The Canadian Deanne, card. Dan Rose is phenomenal yeah. and has yes, been very is. good for Reading. Second, right. like when she first came on, I'm like, okay, she needs a couple games to warm up, like like to get in to break into the starting lineup. She's just coming from college. It's fine, right? Like so. And then they were watching Reading, and it's just like, oh, and then all of a sudden you see her playing. <laughs> and like, she's just connecting. Like, there, the chemistry she has up front, like with uh, some of the other players, it's just been, Reading has been fun to watch because, yeah, like you don't know on on any day, it's like they, either, they can either beat a team or they can either get beaten by like Cornell. Like, just they're one of those teams, and it's just, you don't know what you're going to get when you play them. Yeah. And I think what, what it seems to come down to for Reading is, is with many teams that try to play very on defense, very organized, very resolute, um, very disciplined on defense. But, you know, they sometimes what's happened with them is, um, you know, they, they drop a goal, they slip a goal here, and yeah. they, then it kind of starts, you know, kind of falling apart. It's also very, very tiring to play defense all the time. Um, well, and, and they were playing. They, they try to they hit you on a, the counter. Yeah. And they were playing a really high line the last game I watched of theirs. It's yeah, like, they, why are you playing such a high defensive line? Because the against other United, were, the United like Lee Gollum was just like having a field day. And it's like, yeah. don't play such a high line against United. Yeah, and especially it, if you play, if they play that against City, Lauren Hemp, if Lauren Hemp is starting, is going to destroy them. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, so it, yeah. So they need to kind of take note, but, but Nastasha Dowie is their, is their leading goal scorer. Um, you know, Deanne Rose is their second leading goal scorer um, and has actually had her and Dowie have the same amount of goal contributions for for Reading with with six. Um, you know, Deanne Rose is four goals to assist, um, you know, moving forward, um, you know, but like their, their form in the last four games lost three to one. They drew against Tottenham, lost four nil. To Arsenal and lost 4 1 to Brighton. I mean, Brighton has their moments, but to lose 4 1 to Brighton. Yeah. Um, okay. But they beat like Chelsea 1 0 when, yeah. they, when they had that, that was run. A great, that know? was a great game. Was, you know, the glass did ask like Villa and Miriam. They're like losing their minds. But there's been some yeah. weird results this year, too, right? Like yeah. Arsenal lost. Who did Arsenal lose to? 2 0. They, they lost to Birmingham. 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 Birmingham beat them. Yeah. You're like, yeah. 
It shouldn't be happening. And then they went so. up three goal. They went up three against Birmingham and almost blew that away because you know they just clicked off the last fifteen minutes of the match. Yeah, and then they almost um, lost out their time. Almost drew that one. You're like, okay. You know, it's like yeah, okay, that's right. fun. That's not fun. Matches. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. You know, Reading, you know, so we just don't know what we're going to get with Reading. Um, and I'm afraid we're probably just going to get the same lineup again for Manchester City. Um, you know, but Manchester I, City I think should he'll, I win. Think he, this, I think, but, yeah, I think he's going to rotate more. Like, I think, I think. Well, who's he going to rotate, though? I think he'll, I think he needs, he needs to rest some of the forwards. Like, I think Bunny will start. Like, I think, I think Alan's going to deserve it. Like, she, and that's the thing too. She deserves a rest. Like it's, it's the one thing. Like just keep playing and playing and playing and playing, hoping they 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 just click. But it's like she. I think she she could use a break. I think a couple of those forwards could use a break. And then if things aren't working, you switch them out again. So I right. I would personally like to see in this running game, especially since the way they've been playing lately, is like maybe like a front three of like Becky, Bunny, and Hemp, or Becky, Bunny, and either Hemp or Rassel. Like, but I don't know. I think I, Lauren Hamp has played like every single game. Like she's surely got to be, be getting tired too. So it's like, it comes down to what games you want to rest them in. Right. Because Reading could yeah. frustrate us and you might not want to rest Lauren Hemp. Right. Until you get that goal. But it's just like, I don't, I, it's it's a tough one because I think some of the play, I think our mid, we're not going to see the same midfield. I think some of those are players are going to get into rest. I don't think Demi Stokes. I think she's, but do you feel like it's a that- niggle. I think I think you this is like, a game he's going to rotate. Okay. Or I mean, should rotate. I think this is a game he should rotate okay. to give some of the players more of a rest. Yeah. So I mean the run the but running game. But then I think. But then I think we have, have Cup games coming up too. I mean, right, you got have... no no offense to Everton, but they have right. been underperforming like this whole season. So maybe that's when we play on a strong lineup and maybe pull out our strong lineup against Reading. Like, I don't, but who knows? Yeah, but you like, also have an FA Cup competition match as well where there could be significant rotation in that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's just, it, it's yeah, all about um, management. Yeah, but there has to be rotation me. soon. At some point. You know, I. It's just, but his rotations are weird, Joe. I mean, they just. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, I mean, we don't. I, I have no idea what lineup he's going to have. I just feel like he's just going to keep trying to throw out the same lineup every game to see what happens. But, um, but it's just, I mean, but your point is well taken that at some point he's going to have to, whether he likes it or not, he's going to have to rotate people, players. And you, know, people, yeah. um, you know, so whether or not it's against Reading, whether or not it's against this FA Cup competition coming up, uh, or with Everton, you know. Um, you know, they're, you know, I just, I just feel like, honestly, Kate, I just feel like Reading is going to be a hard match to rotate in. They're just, they are, they can be, they, they, they get scary and they can get, you know, they can sneak up on you. See, and I think um, they're easier than Spurs. Like, I think, I think, so I don't well, know. I, I mean, I that is true. I can see rotation. I, agree with I can that. see, I, right. I can see rotation against more so against Reading and I can see, I can kind of understand what he went against Spurs, but like that didn't work either so that well. So it's just like I don't I have no clue what he's gonna pull out of his hat tomorrow. Right. Like yeah. But I yeah. generally don't think Ellen White is starting. Like that's been that's a lot of games for her. Yeah, I mean in it a is short in a short period of time. Yeah. Right. Like that's been a lot that's been a heavy Chelsea and then cranking out that one against Spurs. Like that's and full 
full minutes most for the most part for her. Like that's at some point it's like okay, I'm Bunny Shaw is right there. Like this would be a good time to get her started and then put Ellen in if things aren't working or whatever. Right, but like you gotta. They're having such a hard time scoring against Spurs. It's just like you got and and it's Caroline Weir that's scoring goals for us too, right? It's not the front line; it's the midfielder. So it's just like we got to figure out how to yeah. rotate. Maybe but, there, but the there's got to be you know, but there's got to be some level of rotation. You got three games in a week. Yeah, yeah, you cannot play the same. You got Reading, you got Reading, and then Everton in the FA Cup, and then Everton again yeah. in the league. So yeah. At some point, there's got to be a rotation somewhere in the mix of yeah. that. Yeah. You know? so. And either it's this game or it's the FA Cup game against Everton. We might see a rare appearance from Janine Becky. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. She did, so make it, on... she, did make, she did make it onto the pitch for, against She Spurs. did. She did make she it did. onto she the did. pitch. So, yeah. So, did. so you know, I'm about 17 Progress. minutes. 17 minutes. <laughs> Woo! Well, though, apparently those were her first minutes since January 29th. Yeah. We're so, in March. You, right. That's bad for a player yeah. that's not injured and has been on your right. bench. Like, yeah, come exactly. on. Like, that's just, I don't uh, even care. I don't even, if I saw that in another club too, I'd be like, what are you doing, man? Like, give them like five minutes in some of these games that where you're up 4 1. Like, I don't know. I, just, just, yeah. I don't know. I so, cool. so thank you so much, Kate. Um, you know, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for giving us your insights as brilliant as always. Um, and so forth. And, and yeah, this was truly an after dark Manchester city review special. Um, yeah. so on a Tuesday night, <laughs> it's a long day. It's been a long day. And so forth. So it, it, it probably shows, but hey, that's see, I didn't, you know, I didn't really try to make this podcast or video channel to be completely, you like, completely cultured and, you know, heavily produced. <laughs> you know, it's like I wanted this to be like transparently whatever it is. <laughs> so at the moment, so, uh, so it is what it is so but i hope y'all love the like the conversation and and going back and forth about stuff so thank you again kate um and so forth yeah get some rest <laughs> sounds good I yeah i need some rest too so all right that's gonna be it for um your manchester city weekly review for this week um we look forward to, to talking with you again after after uh reading and maybe after everton we'll see what happens um we'll see what happens and in, in going forward but remember smash that like remember subscribe share with your friends and so forth this is a completely organically grown channel organically grown podcast and so forth so um, you know, it's all word of mouth at this point. I'm not paying nobody to advertise this show whatsoever. So if you like what you hear, you like what you see, then, hey, share it with your friends. Let people know. All right. So thank you very much. Uh, you know, we got the name change and then pretty soon we're going to have you have, you know, remade backgrounds and things like that. And so, you know, we got things kind of covered up right now, you know. And so forth, kind of hiding the old name. So, but we're going to make those changes pretty soon too. It's in the works. So it's all cool. I mean, the person that, you know, the person that won the contest, Kate's a Manchester City fan. It's perfect. And the person, you know, and also, you know, person who's redoing, you know, uh, fixing the, uh, all the backgrounds, everything, uh, everything, same person, Manchester City fan. 
it's a great, name, it's a great name change. So, uh, so yeah, so here we go. So, um, so my thanks, my thanks for that too. Um, so, hey, but we'll see you down the line. Um, we're gonna, I may end up having to do that Arsenal show by myself. I can't get my scheduling's not working out with, with Josh. So I may be on my, on my own to talk about Arsenal, um, and so forth. So we'll see what happens with that. So, but we'll talk at you later. Please take care of yourself out there. I know things are getting really weird out there and really kind of dark at times. So just take care of yourself out there, right? Take care of each other and we'll see you down the line. We'll see you this later this week. Um, and take care.